This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. We are going to have a very interesting discussion covering themes of physical activity in geriatric healthcare, psychopathology and physical inactivity, and also exercise as a vital sign. And we have a great guest for this episode. Our guest is working as a postdoc and group leader in Deutsche Sporthochschule in Köln in Germany. His research focuses on sport and movement gerontology in geriatric healthcare and physical activity in aging. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Dr. Tim Pleiner. Welcome, Tim. Thanks for having me, Oli. Yeah, really, really nice to have you. So maybe we start in the beginning with a little bit of story of, of yourself. How did you how did you get into this field of research and specializing to physical physical activity and aging and patient groups? Um, well, I've studied physiotherapy, um, thought about being a pro physiotherapist and uh, going for exercise science. I decided not to go for elite sports, but to go for elite um, exercise science with a focus on sport and movement gerontology. I've done my PhD in dementia care. I never thought before I would go for geriatric psychiatry. And um, there was a good chance for me for investigating physical activity and doing an exercise program, which showed reductions in neuropsychiatric symptoms. So this was my story to the PhD. And now I'm leading a research group on genetic psychiatry in motion. I could say I'm a clinical researcher with bedside teaching and bedside research in genetic healthcare. So that's part of my, my job. So, so a lot of your work is with patient groups, but you are, you are working in, in university. How, how are the practicalities of your, of your work? Do you, do you spend much time in the, in the hospital? Yeah, most most part of my work is in the hospital. Um, I've got a shared position half time at the hospital. It's a hospital of uh, psychiatry um, with a special department on genetic psychiatry, and also working on the German Sports University um, with the the other part of the time. But all our projects and all our teaching is in the hospital, is with the patients together with all the disciplines there that we enable our students um, to work in such a multi-professional field. And that's my my daily routine. And and maybe I think it's interesting, like I have studied sports sciences and I have read about exercise prescription for special groups and so on, but I've never worked with the patient. I haven't spent time in, in hospitals. So what do you see as a... Ex, uh, Kind of things that you don't expect, for example, with the psychiatry patients, like for people who haven't spent time in the in the hospitals. We see that there's a 
cultural cultural change in, in psychiatry. We see that um, there's a great need for non-pharmacological interventions, especially as we see side effects of psychotropic medication, especially in older adults, like like falls or like uh, more um, more severe diseases. But um, within this field of non-pharmacological interventions, we see the, the need and the call for more physical activity. And we see this call, especially from the younger um, nurses and, and medicals there. And this is something we seek to go for. Um, it's a new field for us. There's nothing happened before in, in um, especially in genetic psychiatry. Um, you see young people interested in especially day-night shifts in, um, in having something for the cross-sectoral or trans-sectoral um, care. This is something where we have, where we have good, um, good, good, good things to do and um, lots, of, lots of fun <laughs> in the hospital. It's an it's a important topic and um, that's what, what we see that it's not always happy to work there. It's very uh, tight, tight topic and field of care. But um, with the approach of exercise science, um, approach of increasing physical activity, detecting physical inactivity, this is something to go structured in this way. So, so a lot of talk also there or coming like physical inactivity. Could you tell more about the work you have done there and how is the how is the inactivity linked to these psychopathologies? Well, if if we look into healthcare, especially geriatric healthcare, we see general low levels of physical activity. Hospital invites people to lie and to sit, and not to move. Um, it's also depending on the wear of the clothes. We see um, there's a well, there's the, the public hashtag pyjama plegia that we or pyjama paralysis and that the choice of clothes is related to the level of physical inactivity, especially in older adults. And we see this awareness of physical inactivity. It's coming more and more. So we've got a problem with what is a normal level of physical activity in older adults. Um, is a patient who does not move, he, he doesn't catch our attention because he doesn't cause that much caregiver burden. And that's a problem, especially in nursing, nursing homes, especially in, in such an institution where, where I'm working. And that's the culture of inactivity, culture of take a rest, um, take take your time. And we, we know all from longer hospital stays um, that this physical inactivity relates to the muscle mass and to the loss of functionality. So this is the, the culture of physical inactivity. And what, what we have done uh, is using hybrid motion sensors attached to the lower back of the patients and asking, sorry, <laughs> and asking for um, um, asking the, the patients to rate um, the um, no, no, we ask the, the nursing staff and the medical staff to rate their psychopathology um, and the physical activity and then see what where are the correlations together um, because we see that most of the patients do only a few hundred steps a day and only some patients 
are wandering patients. They move for about 40,000 steps per day in closed wards. If you see the step length, this is about a half marathon working on the floor, upside down, upside down the whole day. So this is someone who causes our caregiver burden, who catches our attention, but we're losing the others. We're losing the one who's sitting all the time, we're lying all the time because they're not, <laughs> we don't see these, these patients. And this is where we have analyzed the neuropsychiatric symptoms. You can do this with psychotherapeutics, rating the symptoms. And this is related to the physical inactivity of the patients, especially in patients suffering apathy. Apathy, um, it's a symptom also in delirium and dementia. And we saw that these people are 30 minutes less active during the day. This was in people with dementia. And now we're working in patients suffering from delirium. Delirium is an acute confusional state, mostly after a surgery or longer anesthesia. And we see motor subtypes. We see hypermotor patients, hypomotor patients, a mixed type and an indifferent type. And especially what well, the majority is the hypermotor, um, the, the hypomotor, I'm sorry, um, people who don't move that much. And we see higher mortality rates in patients suffering from this type of, of delirium. That's what now our, our, our job is to um, assess these patients, to quantify their physical activity levels, and then to derive individualized exercise programs. So not only measure, but also to do something with these measurements in order to improve the, the situation of the patients in this acute stage of care. So you, you mentioned good, good term, pyjama paralysis, and, and then the hospital environment, it's built in a way that encourages resting, encourages laying down, and probably the long culture of being a patient, being patient and just waiting for disease. Yeah, disease to go go away. And now, now you you're looking for intervention to change this. How how do you see how how can you change it? Is it more individual approaches? Is it environmental changes or is it more like a cultural change within the nurses and caring stuff? I think it, it all it all comes together. You need all of these also behavioral changes aspects. We, we see that the interest of the patients in their physical activity levels. Some patients, well, we speak of 65 plus, um, and some of them bringing their smartphone with them, bringing also their, their smartwatch with them, and don't know about their, their <laughs> physical activity levels. This is just uh, changing, and we're, we're happy to see what, what will be uh, about in, in 10 years. Um, but we, we see also the, the multi-professional approach changes and, and seeing um, also the, the nurses, they see, um, they see themselves as being responsible. We all are responsible. All therapists, all, all staff is responsible to be aware of the physical activity and the physical inactivity especially, and then do something. So we're having the moving corridor. We, uh, we, we see that the, the, the stairs um, in, in the hospital, they're not used for therapy. Um, when, when we see people are um, discharged to home um, and most of them, they need to be able to climb their stairs, but we're not using them in a way we could use 
this, this is um, um, a resistance exercise go, going upstairs. This is something we mm, try to well bring in in to our hospital routines altogether with as part of our study group. We're, we're bringing ideas. We're we're developing ideas together, um, and then bring them into routine care. And the last part is, is the cultural aspect. This is something where the head is the decisive person, the head of the, the hospital, the directors, um, and they see that um, this cultural change in focusing on physical activity is also good for marketing. It's also good for having the picture outside the hospital, bringing, oh, we're not, well, we're using benzodiazepines, we're using um, psychotropic medication, but we're also looking at the physical activity status. So this is something where we see in psychiatry and especially in genetic psychiatry an, an awareness where we also see that um, some medicals see themselves, some geriatric medicals see themselves also as uh, sports medicine. Uh, specialists because we know the necessity of being active in, in older adults. This podcast is sponsored by Fibion. Uh, my name is Dr. Paul Batman and I'd like to just say a few words about Fibion. Um, I've used it a number of times on different projects that I've been involved in and find that it's incredibly reliable, very valid and incredibly sturdy. I love the graphics that come with it. It really is very clear and can easily see the active and inactive periods as well. So I'd certainly recommend Fibion to anyone that's interested in finding out more about sedentary behaviour, particularly the concept of sitting and how we can possibly break it up with some really good, valid information. Fibion, from researchers to researchers. So we need to, need to change quite many things and find effective interventions. And you said that people are... Some, some patients are tracking with their uh, smart devices. How do, you see, how do you see the role of tracking in, in a certain intervention that would be provided by a hospital? Have you tried anything like this? Yeah, we have tried now um, the, the step, step project um, with pedometers and having, uh, having the tracking as part of the hospital routines within ward rounds. Um, within talks to the doctors and this is something we come now to the point that we also use step counts into the documentation into the hospital documentation um, for uh, also the insurances and, and also the caregivers this is something what, what we are at the next steps where we also hope that sensors will be able um, well we need all the the, the um, the quality criteria, but afterwards, where also sensors are able to be implemented into hospital routines, um, documentations. That's that's a cool aspect for for the future. And then we see this tracking as a start of the intervention. We're not tracking um, steps, physical activity, or sleep for our data, for our qualification, for our publication. We're quantifying this in order to get to know what is around the patient and then doing something with these, these data, deriving personalized interventions, then going back to the evaluation. And next step will then be the discharge um, um, in order to make in this acute care an effort and, and a first step and then uh, getting, uh, getting them more into um, having an active way of living. 
and and what kind of possibilities you see in the tracking that for example you know you have medication it might might make you make you tired so do you think you could use the tracking and the results in the long term with giving indications of of some important things in the hospital uh, for, for sure that's an important part also what the medical asks the medical staff asks us do you see differences in the physical activity after changing medication um, we have done this analysis with the psychopathology together and we see no links to benzodiazepines or antipsychotic dosing this is important because you would would think well there are they receive medication that makes them tired that makes them sitting all the day and we haven't seen this in in 80 patients right now um what what we see is um the correlation to the day rest night activity the circadian rhythm this this is important picture in um mental health care especially in geriatric mental health care um and the the other part when we when we see not not only quantifying physical activity but also quantifying um the balance level of, of the patients because we know that the side effects of the physic of, of the, the, the psychotropic medication leads to falls, leads to um, yeah lower capacities in their balance um, the, the the balance of the patients. And this is something we're asked for by the medicals and there we're experts and we need values. We don't need assumptions but we need some data in our hand to speak about and then to see um, the next evaluation steps. So, so balance and, and fall prevention is one, one big part there. Do you see risks of encouraging movement? Do you get more, more of falls when persons are actually moving, moving more in the hospital? Yeah, that's two sides of, of the medal. And we also had this cultural change uh, in the last 10 years. Um, perhaps you know, psychiatry also uses constraints. Patients are fixed to their bed in acute um, acute situations, let's call it like that. Um, but in, in the last years, um, no, 10 years before, also patients were fixed to their bed because of fall, a high risk for falling. And this is something now that has stopped. Now this is no more allowed. Uh, we see increasing numbers of falls, but we also see increasing numbers of physical activity. But this is also that these two sides of the medal that, that we want to. We want to have more um, physical activity and less falls in, in the patient. So these two parameters you have to be aware of when, when doing this but we also well what, what is the quality of of life in there um patients who are more active having more with their uh with their radius round um we we see that this is more important for the, these patients and we see um in the genetic psychiatry a sample um we see 70.7 falls per thousand hospital days Meaning for our hospital, uh, every every uh, day uh, one and a half falls in, in mean, but we don't see that severe consequences um, as we would expect there. We see some severe consequences. It's important to note, but not that many as um, one should should think about.
and of course physical activity has impact on the bone bone health and bone strength so yeah important issue important issue but this is also part of, of the disease um, being able to interact with your with your surrounding with with, with your world and not being fixed to a bed due to risk for falling and and how do you see see from the general health point like probably these patients are mainly doing light light intensity activity do you think there should be a possibility to to do a little bit more moderate or vigorous intensity activity maybe with the cycle ergometer or some some safe way yeah, well, we see the recommendations um, dealing for 150 minutes in moderate uh, intensity. We're trying to have this um, this into our words, um, like in the secured words, um, being able to move around and do something. Um, this is um, an important aspect. Um, so having the the stimulation of physical activity on the wards that's a low threshold um, step towards physical activity so we have ergometers in the various types of ergometers standing ergometers uh, rowing um, sitting ergometers we've got the moving corridor in there where uh, the nursing staff is doing two times um, group exercise per week or we, uh, per day sorry where also patients um, are get the role of instructor there. So this is a way to have this low threshold um, level, low threshold of getting into, into exercises. Yes, and well, we also see the, the level of um, of colleagues, um, or, or like I said, the, the key of colleagues. How many colleagues do we have there? And we see also an increasing interest in having more um, physical activity, uh, exercise therapists into the geriatric healthcare settings. Yeah, and if, if if I go a little bit jump backwards uh, to these correlation studies, you said that you go psychopathology ratings and then physical activity and look at the correlation, and you said that there is a reduction in in the symptoms. Uh, do we know anything about the mechanisms? How how does it work? No, we're at the first steps to, towards this. Um, there is a group uh, from the Netherlands, um, from Erich Skerder and uh, Laura Egermont, who um, who have it's a co- conceptual paper having um, the more physical activity, the more agitation in dementia, and they are um, they are supposing, uh, especially on the um, on the stress levels of the patients that we see um, stress reactions in dependency of the physical activity levels. This is something um, which is um, proposed to um, where our first relevant um, studies right now, but we don't have a clue way in which we will get there. But this is um, the way it will go because we also see that this physical activity um, level is also related to the caregiver level. And if we increase the physical activity, the caregiver burden, the caregiver burden is is decreased. And that's uh, the bigger picture for um, the dementia care or psychiatric care in, in its all. And and did you see, see similar changes with all different pathologies? You mentioned dementia, delirium and 
and something else? Do you see similar changes in all, all different states? Um, well, let's first speak about dementia. That's where we have, I've done my PhD, but, but we're also getting further into this. And we see clinically and statistically significant reductions of the neuropsychiatric symptom as it's in its whole. Um, we have done an exercise carousel, uh, doing exercise four times a day. Also, keeping the day structure in mind because that's a major problem in the in the hospital's routines. And, um, and there's a quite quite a good story that the, the nurses uh, they, they told us when when you come and the patients get moving, we have a level of level of burden in the afternoon and especially need less on-demand medication in the evening hours. That's a, that's a good way of, of sum, summing this up. We see also the, the level of psychopathology reduced during um, uh, during the, the study time, but having also this, this made us smile uh, because we see these problems with psychotropic medication. This is the, the, the part of the neuropsychiatric symptoms um, we're actually working on depression. Um, we see geriatric depression as a main problem in older adults because mostly due to the loneliness. And we have patients in an acute, it's called exacerbation, an acute uh, worse period. And we're now trying to, trying to bring them to structured aerobic exercise with ergometers onwards. That's that's something we're working on right now. We're bringing also the delirium patients together, but this, that's a new field of, of research um, where we need motion sensors to quantify the physical activity levels and behavior like rest activity cycles and then go towards, um, towards uh, personalized exercise recommendations. This is something we are up to new right now, but that's... Um, that's a good perspective. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.